And welcome back, sports fans. It's another episode of Coach Hess's Sports Corner. I am your host, Coach Donnie Hess here, and as always, with my faithful co-host, Mr. Brad Croston. Brad, how you doing, sir? I'm doing all right, Donnie. Getting ready for our footy tournament this weekend that you and I have coming up. We're going up to Madison, Wisconsin to play a little bit of Aussie Rules footy for the Des Moines Roosters. Um, other than that, we've got European soccer finally back in full swing this weekend. We have several leagues kicking off or that have already kicked off. So we'll get to, d- to dive into that a little bit and things are really starting to heat up. Man, just this is an, a, an interesting time of year. We get to, we get to start a domestic football, the end of footy, and then so many other things started. Let's jump real quickly into our game plan. We start off with football. Man, the news is coming hot and fast. We've got so many things going on. We'll talk about the brand new PSG signing in I did not expect this one coming. FIFA 22, eat your heart out. We have a couple of championship games with the Community Shield and the in the Europa Super Cup happening over the last couple of days. We will quickly, yes, I preference quickly, preview some of the big five leagues and their start dates and who we have as our favorites to come out as the champions. And we look up, we look at the upcoming playoff rounds of the Champions League to get into the big dance. And then we look at MLS and and preview it going into it. And we end with footy, another insane round of foot, uh, footy, round 21. We'll tip round 22 and end, as always, with Brad's crazy stat of the week. Let's jump right into it, sir. The mega news, the thing that everybody is talking about, Lionel Messi leaves Barcelona and will now become a member of Paris Saint-Germain. He will wear the number 30. People are losing their minds. Quick question, is this good or is this bad for football? It's tough to say because this really moved at breakneck speed. I mean, this honestly, it became news one second, and in the very next moment, everything's going crazy. And it goes from from Barcelona announcing that they're not going to be able to keep Messi due to financial fair play. And then him signing for PSG, which is a club that, of course, as we talk about financial fair play, might not necessarily be the poster child of following those rules. Mm -hmm. Same with the likes of Manchester City and other clubs. So it's going to be very interesting. But now, like you were mentioning in the intro, it's, it's almost a bit of a FIFA 22 career mode type of team in PSG now with the likes of Messi, Neymar, Mbappe, Wijnaldum, Sergio Ramos, Kimpembe, Marquinhos, Navas, Donnarumma, all of these players all in the same team. And, of course, the transfer window is still open, so some players could go, some players could go and leave and all that. So who knows? We might even see more stuff going on in the transfer window. But it is unfortunate because it is clear that both Barcelona and Messi wanted to work things out and were – At the point of being able to agree to a new contract, they just couldn't sign it because of the fact that the paperwork wouldn't go through and that the finances wouldn't work. And you could tell in his farewell press conference that this wasn't the outcome that he really wanted. But I think it's at a point now where he can at least say that he has a club in PSG who are ambitious and who are very high highly pressured to win and win now, which is exactly what he wants to do, Leo. So I think it's going to be very interesting. I think that clearly they're going to be favorites to win every single competition that they enter this year, both the league on and every domestic cup tie, as well as the champions league. I mean, they now have to be odds on favorites to win the whole thing and to bring the first champions league title back to Paris. So I think it's going to be very interesting Good for football? I I don't know. I I think that's going to be something that will be determined over the next couple of years, depending on how much he wins, what his experience is like. So I I think it's going to be very interesting to see. For me, I dissect this in two ways. I dissect it is, is this good for French football? Yes. This gets a ton of eyes on this league and maybe, just maybe can get a TV deal for French football. When it comes to football, European football, football and UEFA, this may be a bad thing because this just proves that a lot of money in an ownership can literally make things happen and make things happen in a way that makes the 
fairness, shall we say, which isn't always truthful in and of itself in European football, that much more suspect, shall we say. So like I said, for French football, I think this is great. You have one of the biggest stars in the entire world in France playing in the French League. League 1 is going to get a boost. I think you're going to see TV money. I think League 1 could potentially get a nice deal to be played maybe here in the States or, or throughout the world. This this could be really, really good for the French Federation and French football. But football and all, I think this takes a hit, especially, especially domestically, because I think this really does pull on the strings of is financial fair play really fair play, which I mean, I hate to play on words there, but it really, really is. So we jumped it. We have a couple of competitive matches. A couple of silverware have already been handed out. Let's go to the one that some people call important. Some people don't. The Community Shield in England sees Leicester City and Manchester City go at it. And Leicester City gets a late winner in the 89th minute to pull the stunner and win the Community Shield. Yeah, it was really interesting. And it was one of those ones where it was kind of hard to pick which team you wanted to root for, especially in my case, because you got Zach Steffen in goal for Manchester City getting some minutes at the top for Pep Guardiola City, which is always good to see. But then Iannaccio gets the late penalty and he converts it. And Leicester City have gone on a roll at Wembley. They've won a couple of trophies recently there. So for Leicester City fans, going to Wembley is something that a is always good to see, but B, it, it turns out it might be a little bit of a good luck charm now because now they've won two in a row. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and maybe, just maybe, the Foxes have figured out how to knock off mighty Manchester City definitely from there. And then we jumped from that to the European Super Cup in an absolutely cracking game between Chelsea and Villarreal. Ends 1-1, goes to penalties, and Chelsea edges. 6-5 in penalties. Chelsea is your Super Cup champions. Yeah, we've seen them in this competition quite a bit, and then Villarreal has been one where they, they kind of came a, a little bit out of nowhere last year to win the whole Europa League title, but it just goes to show how good Unai Emery has been in this competition, being able to get teams up for it and going in the competition. But to see Christian Pulisic get the full full stretch and get be able to take a penalty kick late, it was really nice to see that. And then Chelsea are, are really going to be tough to beat this year. If they can get everyone on the right page, and if they can avoid the similar fate that has happened to Roberto Di Matteo and happen to other managers to be able to stay with Chelsea a while after winning a trophy and see whether they can go on a bit of a run of not just one good season, but multiple good seasons back to back. Yeah, we'll definitely have to see a big win. It gets a lot of momentum to the Blues going in, just like the Foxes. You've got two teams going into the first round of the EPL this weekend and sir it is back round one are starting this weekend and some have already started let's jump right into it let's go through the big five and talk about who are our favorites to win the trophy at the end of the year no pressure it's not like we're going to remember this it's not like it's recorded or anything so let's let's just go exactly. through it let's start with it i i think let's start with the big one let's start with Lee. uh as we said Messi comes in to psg I mean, is this PSG's to win easily, or does Lille continue their winning ways from last year? I think that this is going to be PSG's league to lose. I mean, as as much as we I, we as much as we like to talk about Ligue on getting a little bit better as a whole over the course of the last couple of years, with the success of teams like PSG, Monaco, Lille, Lyon playing well as well, so. It's going to be interesting, but I think the PSG is going to be able to win the league pretty easily, especially when you take a look at their first couple of league matches. They're against Strasbourg, Brest, and Ram. So I think if you go through those first couple of matches, it's going to be time for Leo to get acclimated to playing in France in this PSG system and then being able to go on a run through the next couple of months, being able to steadily build upon good result after good result i think that they're going to be the team to beat and i think they're going to be able to win the league pretty well yeah it's going to be really really hard i mean leo will definitely have to see can they back it up it's never easy to win one season and back it up the next year and so many teams have noticed that and again if psg can keep this team healthy i they they're there's very few teams in the French league that are going to be able to compete with them talent wise. So I, I too will have PSG as, as my 
best favorite. Let's jump from, from what Leo is now to what Leo was. Let's jump to La Liga. Very interesting. Barcelona lets Leo go. How does Barcelona look? Is Real Madrid stronger? And can Atletico Madrid do back-to-back trophies? Yeah, this is a really tough one to call because I'm, I'm really tempted to actually say Atleti just because of the fact that Barcelona have lost Messi. Real Madrid haven't necessarily got younger. I mean, they, they've got a really good amount of, of young players in there, but they haven't really mo- completely moved on from the older veteran core that's still there. The likes of Cruz, Modric, Benzema is starting to get up there in age a little bit. But I, I'm actually going to go with Atletico Madrid. I, I mean, I think that they're looking really solid. And I think that the way that Simeone has them play, I actually think that they could be in for another title. And I think that Barca is going to be up against it without Messi and with a bit of a squad dilemma that they've been facing over the last couple of years. And then I think another key loss for Real Madrid is losing Rafael Varane in defense. I think that that's a big one on top of losing Sergio Ramos. So I think that those two teams are going to struggle, but I think that Atleti have been fairly consistent. So I think that they're going to actually pull off another upset and win the league again this year. Um, uh, great minds must think alike. I, I'm the same. I, I, I see some big losses for both Real Madrid and for Barcelona over the offseason. I think Atletico pretty much stayed the tide. Again, Diego Simeone is so difficult to beat sometimes. And, and I think the momentum is on Atleti's side. So I'm I'm with you. I think I think Atleti get a second in a row when it comes to a La Liga title. We jump from La Liga. Let's do it. Let's jump to your favorite league with your favorite team. Let's jump to the Bundesliga. Does Bayern continue its run or do we have a Borussia Dortmund or, or Leipzig come up and nip the giants of Germany? Well, I'm going to go with Bayern to win it. But what I am going to say is that it's going to be a very tough race. And I actually think that it's going to come down to the final couple of match days because of the fact that Dortmund are getting a year older Giovanni Reina to be able to more, more so take over for Jaden Sancho, who has lost to Manchester United. And the fact that Erling Haaland is still there, I think that that's going to be a big boon for Borussia Dortmund. And then I think that Leipzig is going to start the year a little bit slowly. I, I think that the loss of the continued absence of Timo Werner after his move to Chelsea is going to be interesting. But I think that Tyler Adams is going to step up in more of a leadership role in the midfield. And especially under new coach Jesse Marsh, it's going to be very interesting to see how he is able to get the players to gel and how they're going to be able to challenge Bayern Munich. They're going to have an early season meeting on, on September the 11th on a Saturday. So it's going to be Leipzig versus Bayern. So it'll be a very interesting matchup very early on in the season. But I think that right now, I think that Bayern still have most of the core that they need to be able to contend, regardless of how they set up, whether it's a 4-2-3-1, a 3-4-3, like we know that Nagelsmann likes to play. I think that Bayern Munich are going to grow into this season. And I think that they're going to finish off strong as they have done for many years in the past. And I think that Bayern are going to win the league again. I'm I'm with you. Um, I just Leipzig Dortmund. Unfortunately, their big their biggest issue is is Bayern is just so good. They've got so much talent on that team that I just I I really really find a, find it hard to sit here and pinpoint how either of these two can jump up and nip them. So I'm 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 with you on this one. Unfortunately, the, these these giants of some of these you know, leagues are so hard to pick against. So I will also I will take Bayern on this one. If if anybody not named Bayern could win it, Leipzig is is my pick. I they, they've they've just been really really solid. I think they're so strong. We jump from there. Let's jump down to the boot. We jump to Syria A, which I thought was absolutely outstanding last year. I thought this was one of the most entertaining leagues in the entire in the in the span of Europe. Juventus, the old lady drops down. Inter, Inter Milan gets the title. AC Milan's right in there. Atalanta continues their Cinderella run, continuing to be near the top of the league. Who do you think takes home the Scudetto this year? This is going to be a little bit of a surprising pick, but I'm actually going to go with AC Milan here. Uh, I think that Juventus haven't necessarily bolstered their stocks in the way that they need to. However, AC Milan have added Mike Magnon from from France. He's a really good quality goalkeeper to replace Donnarumma. 
And I think that the signing of Giroud to complement Ibrahimovic is going to be really strong as well. And then I think that unfortunately for for Inter Milan, I think that the loss of Christian Eriksen is going to really be crucial in the middle of the field. And I think that that really leaves a void for Inter that's not going to be easily replaced. However, I think in in AC Milan's case, I think that they've been able to keep themselves pretty well compact, pretty well intact. And I think that actually AC Milan are going to use the momentum from last season, keep it going. And I think that they're going to win the league. And then I think Inter and Juventus are going to be very close behind them. Yeah, it'll be very, very interesting to see how, how things have kind of changed between that. It's hard to argue with that. I mean, there, there's part of me that really wants to j- just throw it all in the wind and, and go for At- Atalanta just because of the fact that they're, they're such a, they're a Cinderella team. They were, they were in the area that was hardest hit by COVID when Italy was going through it. And I just, I love the way they play. It's, it's a fantastic style of football. Yes. They've lost some of their stars. Some of their guys have, have left, but they, they've, they've just played a great style of football that I love. That's my Cinderella pick. I'd love to have them win. My heart tells me it, it's hard to argue with you on that one. I just don't think I, Juventus has not decreased their age. They've only gotten older. I think that, that you can't win the Scudetto with an aged, with an aging Ronaldo, with some of the aging group that you have. I, I agree with you. I think AC Milan kind of fell apart end of the year. I think some of their signings have been really, really solid. So I'm I'm going to go with you on this one as well. I think AC Milan gets this. It's the long-awaited Scudetto that they've been waiting for for a long period of time. And that leaves us with the one league everybody loves to talk about, and that is the English Premier League who do you see taking home the title in this one? Such a very fascinating um, combination of teams. Manchester City, again, so solid. Liverpool, Virgil van Dijk is back. How do some of the transfers, Jeannie van Adam is out. How, how does some of the things go there? Who do you think wins the title at the end of the year in the English Premier League? Well, as much as I like to give this club grief from time to time and kind of like to poke fun at them, Manchester City have only grown stronger with the addition of Jack Grealish signing John Stones to an extension. Yes, they lost Sergio Aguero, but they have so many good attacking options to be able to replace him with. And this squad is a young, talented group, and they have firepower all over the field. And I think that they're going to use the motivation of losing in the Champions League final this past season to use that as a bit of motivation. And I think that Manchester City... I think they're just built the best to be able to last through an entire season. Uh, I think that Liverpool and Manchester United are both going to start off a little bit slowly, just getting Van Dyke back into the mix, recovering from the loss of Vinaldum, And then with Manchester United, adding Jaden Zancho, adding Rafael Varane, and just making sure that everyone's on the same page. I think that those two teams are both going to start off a little bit slowly And I think that City's going to use that to their advantage and build a little bit of a cushion early. And I think that them, Liverpool, Manchester United, and Chelsea are going to end up finishing in the top four. Yeah, just an an interesting season. I agree with you. I think Manchester got stronger. But my thing that that I still, I look at Manchester City and I still question is they keep adding forward but they're not adding any strength in defense and the defense has been kind of their weak link and for me this is and i'm, I'm going to go kind of off a curveball on this english premier league has fans back in and for me personally looking at last year and looking at the year before i think the biggest knock on the league was is that one of its best teams was hurt by no fans and that's liverpool in my honest opinion, when Liverpool has fans in the stands, they play better football. If you notice towards the end of the year, when fans started sitting in, Liverpool started playing stronger, even with a weakened center back pair and, and, and some of the issues that they had injuries up forward. So for me, I like Liverpool as long as the fans can stay in the stands. It is so hard to go to Anfield and win. And if they can win most of their games at home and steal the points here or there on the road, you can win a title. I mean, at, for two straight years, Manchester City and Liverpool, it was it was whoever could score the most points. These two teams are absolutely incredible. You put the fan bases in, and, and, I, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful to Manchester City, but the atmosphere is not there at Manchester City like it is at Anfield and Liverpool. 
So for me personally, I have I think Liverpool wins it again. The fan base makes a difference personally, and I think it'll make a massive difference this year. But I'm one of those, keep an eye on this. I want to keep an eye on Leeds. I think Leeds United, with the with the style of football that they play, I think they have a real shot of getting into in a European spot this year. I, I agree with a few people. Their style of football is so difficult to stop when it gets going. So keep an eye on them as well. And I really want to see how Norwich does because I think Norwich got stronger. I don't think they are going to be a candidate for relegation this season like they did the last time. Yeah, and the thing, thing to watch with Norwich is going to be the addition of Josh Sargent, too, the American from St. Louis, Missouri. So that's going to be very interesting to watch. And I, I like the the thing that you said about teams to watch in in Leeds and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm going to go through a couple of teams throughout Europe that I would want to watch, too. I think that Union Berlin are going to be very interesting to watch. They're mm-hmm. going to be playing in Europe for the very first time ever, playing in the UEFA Conference League. So I think that that's going to be a very interesting one to watch, seeing how they get on. Um, similarly, I, I want to see how Venezia do in Serie A back mm-hmm. in the top flight for the first time in a while. And I, I gotta say, I, I'm, I'm very high on sporting Kansas city, you know, and we just recently sold one of our crown jewels of our sporting Academy, John Luca Buzio. He'll be playing along with Tanner Tessman and potentially another former sporting player and Eric Palmer Brown is a potential to transfer there as well. So they're, amping up their their midfield stocks ahead of their Serie A season. So I'm very interested to see how they do. And then I, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how teams like Villarreal and Sevilla and Valencia all do in Liga, in La Liga. It'll be very interesting to see where they go there. And then in France, I think it's going to be interesting to see where Marseille go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that they've been a little bit of an underachiever over the last couple of seasons. And I think that with the addition of Conrad De La Fuente and other players that they've been able to bring in over the course of the offseason, I think that Marseille might be a little bit of a of a knock to get into the Champions League spots this year after finishing outside of them last year. So I think that those are a couple of interesting teams to watch. Yeah, I completely agree. There's so many good teams. And then another going back to Italy, another team that had a Cinderella run was Sassuolo. They had a really good season last year to see if they can back it up with another solid year in, in Syria. It will be absolutely fascinating. A team I like to keep another team. I like to keep on is Bayern Leverkusen in Germany is always a tough. They're always a tough team. Let's see how they go about. They, they, they're always a team to keep an eye out when it comes to it, just because they can sometimes throw some crazy things into it. And then for me, Go back to France, Lyon and Rennes are a couple of teams that you just, you, you want to see them play much better. You want to see them be in that chance to get into your Champions League or a European spot because they are very well-known clubs in the French League. So I will definitely uh, take a look at that. So, so I'm, I'm super excited for this. It's just a jam-packed sports weekend. Let's jump from that. Let's jump to it. We have playoff rounds set up for the Champions League. This is the last leg to make the Champions League. Let's take a look at some of these matchups and some dandies we have. Let's let's just take a real quick look at some of these. Some of the what are some of the ones that are standing out for you that you're like, I cannot wait to see these matchups. Well, I'll tell you one of the ones that surprised me was Sheriff being able to get past Red Star and get into this round. And I think that that's one of the, the upsets of the round. And they get to play against Dinamo Zagreb, who we were talking about a lot last year over their Europa League run. And then I think another one for me that's really nice is Benfica versus PSV. Uh, I think that PSV were very, very solid over the last couple of rounds of qualifying, and they've been able to to slowly get better over the last couple of years, and they're knocking right on Ajax's doorstep in terms of the of the Eredivisie race in there. And then another one that's really nice for me is Monaco versus Shakhtar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that that's a really interesting one, seeing how good Monaco has been and how how good Shakhtar is in European competitions. They've been able to play really well in terms of Champions League and Europa League over the last couple of years. And I think that they might be a shout to get in. What about you, Donnie? Yeah, I, I love that Monaco Shakhtar because Monaco has finally bounced back after that one year where they had so many superstars. They got all the way to the Champions League semifinals and then they sold Mbappe. They sold Lamar. They sold so many of their superstars and they finally 
I think they finally started to get some of that talent back in. I agree. Benfica PSV is going to be an absolute cracking one. One that's kind of off the beaten path that I'm going to really keep an eye on is Swedish champion Malmo versus Bulgarian champion Ludogorets. This could be an interesting, interesting matchup here because you got a couple of teams that always seem to find a way to get into the champions league. So these two teams are really going to get after each other. And then Ferenc Veros, the Hungarian champion versus the young boys of Switzerland. That's going to be an absolute cracking game to see if Ferenc Veros can get back to the champions league for a second straight season. So I'll, so many good matchups. I cannot wait for this. I know it starts next week, but I really cannot wait for those to be done because once those are set, we have group stage draws and I cannot wait to see how some of these draws turn out. Definitely. And then we we already seeing a couple of these teams from the champions league draws drop down into the Europa league playoffs. Like for instance, we have red star who are going to be playing in Cluj next week. And then Galatasaray versus St. Johnston from Scotland. And then I know that you're going to be keeping an eye on your beloved Glasgow Celtic. They're going to be playing Yavlonitz tomorrow, and that's going to be really interesting. How do you think that they're going to do tomorrow? Ah, uh, they they went they went to they went to the Czech Republic and got a four two win, which is one of the reasons why the, the getting rid of the the road goals kind of hurts us this this season because that was a massive performance by Celtic. I think. Ange Postacoglu has finally got the Celtic boys up and about. They had a nice win over this weekend over Dundee United in the Scottish Premier League. So I think Ange has finally got the boys rolling. And I think I, I think we get by that. And then I think we get AZ Alkmaar from the Dutch League in the last round of in the playoff stage of the Europa League, which will not be an easy game. But I think if Celtic continues to play the way they are playing now, they're definitely going to give AZ Alkmaar a, a definite run for their money and maybe can get get the boys into the Europa League, which I think would be good for this young team uh, to get some European experience because the, the fan base is super excited in Celtic. I know it's turned into Celtic TV. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, but um, it's kind of like Liverpool for me. I think the Celtic fan base really does buoy the Celtic team, and I think when they can have a full when they can have a full house and tons of fans, it is a very very difficult place to play in paradise. So um, I, I I think Celtic gets my Jablonics next week, and then Azi Ankmar will be will not be easy, but I think it'll be a fun test for them to see can Ange Postecoglou get them into the Europa League after kind of a disappointing um, fall from grace to Michi land to fall out of the champions and qualifiers. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see that. And then we've got a couple of other ones too. Olympiakos playing in Slovan Bratislava from Slovakia. Mm-hmm. Like you said, Azad Alkmaar versus the winner of the Celtic clash and then seeing who Rangers will get to play against as well. And then I think one for me that I'm really, really looking forward to in the Europa league playoffs is going to be Slavia Praha versus Legia Warsaw. I think that that's going to be a very, very strong matchup. And the winner of that one's going to be, a very, very well-versed champion and being able to play in the Europa League next season. So it'll be very fun to watch. Yeah, I cannot wait. It's going to be absolutely awesome. European football is always amazing to watch, but we go from the European to let's 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 bring it back to the states let's bring it back to your beloved MLS another round is down sir run me through it how did this last round look like do we have any big upsets i mean are we starting to kind of see a shaping of what it may look like come playoff time yeah i think we're really getting to to look at the new england revolution as becoming the mls cup favorite right now they are playing so so well right now 2-1 win over Philadelphia on Sunday. That was a huge result for them. Sporting Kansas City was able to grind out a rotated squad and get a result, a nil-nil result against Colorado, who were in fourth at the time, which is a really good result for them. 3-2 win for Atlanta United on the road against the Columbus Crew at the new stadium there. So that's a really big result for them. And then LAFC going on the road against San Jose and losing 2-1. That, that's a bit of a shocker for LAFC who are trying to get themselves back into contention. And now they're almost on the verge of falling outside the top seven to get into the playoffs. Minnesota United's back up into the, into the seven. They're up into fifth right now on 26 points. And Sporting Kansas City are on top of the Western Conference. For the moment, they have 34 points on 18 games played. So they're just that one point above Seattle and six points now behind New England Revolution in the Supporters' Shield race. They're sitting at 40 points, and we're, we're seeing Carlos Hill. He has been the stalwart for New England. 
been the creative cog in their midfield, and he's just been absolutely fantastic. The runaway MVP favorite at the moment. And right now it's hard to look at anybody in the league who would be able to put up enough of a fight against New England Revolution to knock them off of a potential MLS Cup triumph. Yeah, just so many good matchups. And, and, and to see San Jose get another big win is, is insane. They've become the giant killers. They, they may not be up there in the standings, but them to get a massive win over Los Angeles, Portland getting a big win, KC getting a point out of Colorado, which, I mean, it may not be the greatest result, but it's a point. You get a point on the road. It's always Colorado always is always tough. It, it seems like whenever anybody goes to play Colorado, it's always one of those ones where, you, where it's a grit grind type of performance where you just have to go up and try and get a point out of there. Because many times when we've gone up to play Colorado in the past, we've ended up either getting pit for all three points or just struggling to try and scrape out a draw. Mm-hmm. So it's always a, it's always a tough place to play plus altitude plus the fact that we had to go with a rotated squad. So it's going to be very interesting over the next couple of weeks, seeing how they go on after that. Yeah. And, and I agree with you, England, New England pulling out to a six point lead in supporter shield race over Kansas city is a nice, nice little gap early in the season. Now Kansas city does have a game and he does have a game in hand since new England has played 19 games. So there's still a ton of time left, but man, you are really starting to see kind of the separation. The one thing I got to give though, is that the league has kind of tightened up. It's not this massive gap considering the, the lowest point totals is even is, is 15. So it's not super, super bad. So I think the league, is continuing to play well so, we, so let's let's take a look at it some of the upcoming rounds round 19 if i remember correctly is is starting up friday and we'll run through the week in fact actually by the time we do our next podcast a couple in round 20 will have already played but just looking at this slate for for round 19 sir what are some of the games that are jumping out at you that are must watch games well, I think a couple of big ones include Minnesota United playing at home against LA Galaxy. I think it's going to be a really interesting one to see New York City hosting Inter Miami, which is going to be a tough one for them to be able to play. They're going to be playing that one at Red Bull Arena due to conflicts with the New York Yankees. So they'll have to go kind of on the road to play a home game in, in some ways. Uh, Toronto FC are going to be playing New England at BMO Field in Toronto. So a bit of international travel for the league leading revolution to see how they go on. And then Atlanta versus LAFC on Sunday is going to be very interesting. See how, whether or not Atlanta can use the momentum from beating Columbus at lower.com field to potentially go on a bit of a run. And then to cap it all off on Sunday, the Cascadia cup, it's mm-hmm. Portland versus Seattle in Providence park, which is always one of the best atmospheres to get to see Portland host Seattle or, the, or the other way around either way it's always such a great atmosphere to see the fans go crazy and just the, the amazing support for both of those teams is going to be very interesting on top of the fact that it's going to be a very interesting game in terms of the standings. Yeah, definitely agree. And all, all due, all due respect to your beloved Kansas city, but it is hard to argue that Portland and Seattle do not have two of the best fan bases in the entire MLS. They come out in droves for these games and it's always great to see i love that atmosphere especially when you've got a rival coming into your park so i cannot wait for that i'm hoping i can get a chance to see that because that is always a cracking game of football i think sir we we will there's only two games that will be played in in into round 20 that sees san jose in minnesota and la in colorado um I mean, not massively jump off the things, but the way San Jose is playing, that could be a fun game for the loons there. For well, and sure. and San Jose just grabbed Jeremy Abobasi from the Portland Timbers, a uh, up and coming U.S. men's national teamer. So that's a big signing for San Jose as they look to bolster their squad. Yeah, definitely. So 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 many many a good game over the weekend. But I think, sir, that will end our MLS talk. We'll jump to it. Let's jump down to footy. Round 21 is over. And sir, if, if my tippings were to save my life, I would be six feet under, because if I remember correctly, I ended the round at two and seven. So let's, let's go through my misery here. I I don't want to, but let's, let's go through it. Let's jump into it. And just to start off the Friday weekend, darn it, darn it all to heck Geelong. Why do you have to do this to me? Geelong falls to the GWS giants at home in GMHBA stadium, 84, 65, a 19 point win. And so the giants are back in the eight, but is this, is this fool's gold? 
or is GWS back? Yeah, this is a tough one to call because Toby Green got four goals, but of course now he's going to be facing a possible suspension depending on whether or not they're able to overturn the ban of the tribunal. So it's kind of a take one step forward, take one step backward in that sense. But I think that Geelong has kind of sputtered a bit over the last couple of weeks. They put forth a very underwhelming performance in Tasmania against North Melbourne, and then they go and lose at home to GWS. So if I'm a Geelong fan, I'm sitting very uneasy right now. Uh, You're still in line for a double chance final, so you should be good in that aspect. But going into the finals, you never want to be going in ice cold. You, you never want to be going with no momentum. You always want to be the team that's able to rattle off a couple of wins, get a, get a bunch of momentum going. And if you're a Geelong fan, that's absolutely not what you wanted. And for GWS right now, they're hanging on. They, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the game they've got coming up this weekend. But right now, they're, they're liking where they are with at least a fighting chance at being able to control their own destiny. Yeah, and who would have known that draw would have actually been their saving grace? Because right now this draw is the reason that they are in the finals. And, and I don't know, it, it, was, it, was a, it was a theme this entire weekend of top teams with a little bit of a malaise in this round just before the penultimate round. Let's jump to it. Man, Carlton, why do you have to do this to me? As the Gold Coast Suns knock off the Carlton Blues, thus ending Carlton's chances of making the finals, losing by 1976-57. And again, the Teague train looks like it is heading for a disastrous end at the at the mat, at, at the Blues. Well, I'm, I'm going to take a quick second to humble brag on this one. I actually picked this upset correctly, but um, th- th- this is one of the things I was talking about about Carlton was the the inconsistencies that they've had to deal with over the course of the year. And I, I think I used the phrase. Carlton is just going to pull another Carlton or something along that lines. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that unfortunately for them, that's what happened. And it's really unfortunate because you see the talent that's there in Crips, Walsh, Betts and others. And for them, they just, they can't find the right buttons to push and they can't find the right combinations to be able to consistently grind out results. I mean, we've seen glimpses of how good they can be and it's unfortunate for them and their fans because they've got a really good team there. And they, they just can't get anything going. And then for Gold Coast, they've had a couple of really good showings over the last couple of weeks, uh, notably their win against Richmond at Marvel, and then being able to pull this one off. This is another big one for them. So I, I think that there's a lot to look forward to if you're a Gold Coast fan, knowing that hopefully if you can get a sustained period of health for Matt Rowell, for Noah Anderson, being able to slowly add to the core that you have in this team, I think the Gold Coast are a couple pieces away, but that they're going to start being able to contend for finals starting potentially, who knows, next year, the year after. I mean, we've seen it really happen fast for Sydney, so potentially it could happen for Gold Coast. Yeah, we'll definitely have to see. The biggest thing there is they just have to say, is Stewie Do going to be the coach or are they going to look elsewhere? This this win definitely buoys Stewie Do's chances of staying, but we'll definitely have to see. There's still two games left to go. We jump to it to a game that – Quite honestly, is the perfect mo- is the perfect moniker for the tale of two halves, as North Melbourne dominates the first half and Richmond dominates the second half, and Richmond's domination was just a little bit more. As the Tigers win by 33, 89, 56. Again, the pesky ruse stay in a game, but Richmond just a little too classy. Yeah, this this was unfortunate because I was thinking for a second, I was like, oh my God, am I actually going to get this pick right? And then they ended up going and blowing it in the second half. It's unfortunate for for my tipping there. But I think that that just goes to show how good Richmond is in terms of their quality. Yes, they have several players that are hurt. And yes, they've had a very underwhelming season, but they're still in with a chance at the finals. They could still sneak their way in and they just have to take care of business in these last couple of games. And who knows, we might be able to see Richmond potentially go on another run here, maybe fight for another flag. Probably not. But if, if you're in, you at least have a chance. Yeah. We'll definitely have to see that they, they, they are a danger. If they get, if they get in they're they're going to be one of the more deadly teams, even if they come in in eighth place, but just, I feel, I feel bad. North Melbourne played so well. They just kind of fell apart in the second half. We jumped to it, to the showdown in a game that honestly, if you look at the final score, it was definitely indicative of the way this game went because Port Adelaide came out flat. 
the Adelaide Crows jumped all over them and the Crows held on till about the halfway point of the fourth quarter when Port just did enough to get by them and pull out the victory. And I got to give a hat tip to the former Swan, Alira Lear, with an incredible performance, wins the showdown medal. Hats off to you, young man. Excellent performance. Port gets the win that they needed to keep their chance, keep their ways in the top four. And who knows the way this round turned out, Port still has a chance to be minor premiers at the end of the year if they win both and get a little help. Yeah, imagine that. I mean, I, that, that would be quite something to, to think about going from fourth to first, but it, it's totally possible and we'll just have to wait and see. And this, this was a really crazy game. I remember I was watching the Sydney game and I saw the score line pop up during halftime and I literally did a double take. I was just like, wait, what, what's going on? And, and it was, it was incredible to see how well Adelaide was able to hold on for so long. And then the, like you said, the quality of port just came through when they absolutely needed it. And it, it's definitely not going to be one to hang your hat on, but a win is a win at this point. So you really just have to be able to grind them out at all costs. And if you can win, then good on you. If not, then then that's just not what you're what you're here to do. And that's going to be really bad for Port if they weren't able to get it out. But they were able to get it done, and good for them because now that not only are they still solidly in with a shot at a double chance final, but they're also like you said, a shot at a minor premiership. As crazy as that sounds. Yeah, the crazy thing about it is Port loses that Port loses that game and the last game of the round goes the other way. I could have been 0 and 9 this round. So thank you, Port, for at least getting me one to start right. the round, especially considering this next one. Rather disappointing, but I could kind of see this one on the horizon, unfortunately, with the previous performances. The Swans just don't have it in their game against the Saints in the Pride game as the Saints take down the Swans 93-64. I don't know. I, I, I've been a lot more positive and optimistic on this loss. Personally, I've said this to a few people. I said, I didn't want us making top four just because of the fact that most likely we're going to be in fourth, which then we play the number one team and we go out in straight sets. I like this team under pressure. In my honest opinion, I think the team plays better when they're under pressure, when they're considered an underdog, when they're not considered the better team. So I don't mind this loss. It stinks because that there did go as our top four opportunities. But I honestly think this is a focuser for this young group. And I think this is the perfect time for it. You get two rounds against two very winnable games. Not easy, but winnable. And it focuses this young group to get ready for a run in the finals with a bye week to get them, to get them a little bit of rest just before you hit the finals. Well, and I texted you this while we were watching the game. I mean, we, we ran into the good St. Kilda. Mm -hmm. I mean, that that's another team that we've talked about being consistent and inconsistent and on and off and on and off. And St. Kilda played a very good game. And I don't think we need to take anything away from that because they really oh. played a great game all the way around. I mean, they, they won the contested balls. They won the center clearances. They were converting their chances in front of goal. I mean, what they opened the game with seven straight, right? They, they opened seven mm -hmm. goals even. So I, I think that, yes, it's a, it's a loss. It's unfortunate to lose by 30, but I mean, there, there have been a couple of losses for the Swans this season where you've been able to walk away saying, okay, that wasn't that bad of a game. Mm -hmm. Like that wasn't an embarrassing loss. I mean, the gold coast one really sucked. Um, the first quarter and a half against GWS really sucked, but most of the time Sydney have been able to put forth very respectable performances. And these young group, this young group of guys in this young core has been able to really put up respectable games, even if they're not on a hundred percent. And they were able to, keep pressuring even though they were getting completely out pressured by St. Kilda. So I, I think it's one of those things where I, I think it's almost maybe a blessing in disguise for this Swans team to be able to go into a game against St. Kilda and see what it's like to play against a relentless pressuring team, because you know, that come finals, that's what you're going to end up going up against against teams that are just like you trying to fight for their lives. Exactly. And, and, I said at the start of the year, St. Kilda for me was a, was a finals team. This was the finals team. This was the team I expected this entire season. Unfortunately, they just haven't been there all year. So bravo to St. Kilda. I mean, they have a chance to make the finals, but unfortunately, they're, they're putrid. 
percentage I think is going to hurt them. I just think they're going to fall a tiny bit short, even if they win out. I just don't think they're going to have enough to get in, but a, a well-respectable win here for St. Kilda in the pride game, which was absolutely awesome to see those pride jerseys uh, being worn by the players. I thought that was amazing. Let's jump to it. A game that some people would should say would not have a ton of excitement, but I, I actually really enjoyed this game as Hawthorne takes down the mighty magpies by 19, 97, 78. I mean, it's Alistair Clarkson. Uh, bravo, sir. You are, you are coaching your soft right now. And I got to give it for a guy that's dead in the water who knows his season. Once this season is over, he is done, but he is still coaching. I mean, did you see the vision of him trying to get the message down with the phone and almost yelling at the one tech guy who was trying to fix his phone? Yeah, I, I would hate to have been the guy trying to fix the phone for him because he never want to run into an angry Alistair Clarkson. But I, I, I was kind of saying this in, in our preview last week that Hawthorne have been slowly trying to get a little bit better over the course of these past couple of weeks, and especially trying to do it for Clarko, knowing the fact that he's gone after this season. And, and I, I, I went ahead and took the gamble of betting on Gold Coast, North Melbourne, and Hawthorne. And crazy enough to think that two of those picks actually ended up going the right way for me. So I, I think it's a really good job by Hawthorne. And I, I think it's clear that they're obviously trying to win these games for Clarkson and they're trying to play as inspired of footy as they can right now. Yeah, definitely. It was an incredible game. I'm so happy for Clark. So he's going out for the end, but it does bring up some questions. I mean, is how happy is Sam Mitchell at this one, just because of the fact that, you would think he'd want a young draft player to kind of go in and these wins are taking them out of the chance of getting a one, two or three draft pick. I mean, considering they're sitting fifth now. So a very interesting dilemma that Hawthorne may see themselves in at the end of the season. Um, not only did we have one massive upset in the top four, but we had two as the Essendon Bombers shocked the doggies 97, 84, a massive win by the Bombers. But unfortunately, the Bulldogs' pain does not only go with the loss, but they also lose Jay, Josh Bruce in the final 17 seconds to an ACL tear. I mean, not only one loss, but two massive losses for the Doggies. Yeah, this is really kind of troubling for both Geelong and the, the Western Bulldogs who have gone and suffered really big-time losses over the past couple of, of weeks. And then with this one, too, it, it's really unfortunate for them because – the dogs have been very good over the entire course of the year. And, and I've kind of had them tipped in as my flag favorite over the past couple of weeks, just as the way that they've been able to consistently play very high pressure, very high disposal count, just completely dominating out of the midfield type of football. But this, this is kind of concerning because Essendon, yes, they've been good, but they've, they've also shown a bit of inconsistency at times. But Essendon are they're they're still right in there, aren't they? They're they're hanging on for dear life, and it, depending on how the Richmond GWS game goes, the, they're still going to be in with a shot at getting into the into the eight. They they just have to wait and see. And then for the dogs, they they got to make sure that they win these next couple of games, or else they could be finding themselves going into the one v four matchup. And it, it'll be interesting to see how that one would end up going if they ended up facing a a Melbourne team or if they ended up facing Geelong or it'll it'd be it would just be really interesting to see these top four teams how they would go against each other to start off the finals yeah, it'll definitely definitely be interesting a massive blow and now the questions come is is that can the doggies replace Bruce because he's he was a staple him and Naughton were the two most targeted players on the doggies team so this is a massive blow so we really have to see do you see a Josh Shackey move up and when Alex Keith comes back I'll definitely have to see how that goes but if I'm the dogs and I'm the cats fans I'm a little worried right now because your team is not playing well at, at, at a at a pristine time for your club to bank some momentum going into the finals speaking of momentum um the Brisbane Lions definitely got themselves some positive momentum this week, going out to the West, out to Perth, and laying the smacketh down on the Frio Dockers in Opta Stadium, 118-54, a massive win for the, for the Lions. But is this more of a capitulation by Frio, or is this Brisbane maybe finally pulling their head out of the sand and getting back to what we saw earlier in the year, a solid Brisbane Lions team? 
I think it's a little bit of both. I think that Brisbane has been a bit hard done by a couple of injuries that they've suffered over the last couple of weeks and being able to, and being forced to play some other players that they might not have wanted to. I mean, of course, Frio has had that too. And they, they've of course lost Nat Fife and Walters for the year. But I think that Brisbane has the quality there to be able to replace those players. Whereas Frio are losing literally two of their best players to injuries in, in that aspect. So I think it's been a quite a, a bit of a dream weekend for the Lions. Not only do they get a blowout win over Frio, but then Sydney also loses and Brisbane jump back up into fifth and would at this point get the GWS Giants in the finals, get the 5-8 matchup in an elimination final at the GABA to be able to start off strong at home, hopefully in their case, be able to go on a little bit of a run starting with a win in a 5-8 matchup in an elimination final. Yeah, definitely. This, this is a massive um, run of events for Brisbane. I mean, it does. Unfortunately, I don't think the top four is a possibility with some of the losses in, in the win by Port Adelaide. But Brisbane has put themselves in the best possible shot when it comes to their matchup with, with a 5-8 matchup. But we'll definitely have to see who they face up with. And then a rather entertaining last game of the round because for the first time ever that I remember ever seeing, we had a lightning delay in an Aussie rules match in Australia as a, as a 30 minute, um, yeah, 30 minute lightning delay happened between West coast and Melbourne. That really kind of changed this game because before the lightning delay, Melbourne was just dominating the Eagles. The Eagles looked putrid. They were not playing well, but after that lightning delay, West coast comes back, kicks the next four and they, they, they make this score a little more, reasonable shall we say at the end compared to what it was the demons take down the eagles 72 63 i mean the d's may be starting to find their mojo at just the right time and the eagles have really put themselves in a tough spot with two games to go needing to win at least one to guarantee themselves a final spot yeah this this kind of reminded me of the super bowl a couple of years ago at the superdome where the mm-hmm. power went out for a little while because prior to that the ravens had been going crazy out to like a 25 point lead and then after the delay the 49ers came back and almost won i mean this this literally was like deja vu in that aspect but yeah this, this is a big win for the, for the d's uh, i think that if i'm a d's fan i'm i'm feeling very very good because not only are you starting to rattle off a couple of wins but you're going to optus and winning at a very tough place to play. And may I just say, I, I'm now two wins on the trot with reverse psychology anti-West Coast picks. So Collingwood got one, and then the D's ended up getting one. So I, I think that I found my way to, to tip these West Coast games, just go complete reverse psychology, and it ends up actually working. So hopefully I may have found a little bit of mojo in that aspect. Maybe we definitely have to see, but that, that was definitely one. It was a little bit easier to call the way the D's have been playing, sir. And that will end round 21 is done and dusted. We'll put it in the shelf. Let's move to round 22 with our tipping. And thankfully today, a lot of the fixture has been announced. So let's go through it. Let's tip. I, I got to find out do we see more insanity or not? Let's jump into it. Friday night footy. GWS Giants, Richmond Tigers, who do you got? Well, folks, we, we've got a de facto sudden death final here in a sense. And right now this game is scheduled for Marvel Stadium. We'll have to wait and see because you never know with COVID and, and everything that's going on where these games will end up being played, when these games will be played. So it'll be very interesting. But as of right now, it's supposed to be on Friday morning, our time, Friday night in Australia. And it, it's going to be a very tough one to call. But I think that as of right now, with Toby Green at the moment being out due to suspension, I'm going to go with the Richmond Tigers. I've been very hesitant to go against Richmond, even though I did go against them last week and they proved me wrong. So I'm going to go with Richmond based on the fact that they've been in this situation before. They've been in high-pressure situations where they need to win against a rather tough team to play against. And I think the GWS has lost their, their star player at the worst possible time. So unless he gets his suspension overturned by the tribunal, which it's going to be very interesting to see how that case ends up going and whether or not he will be able to play in this game. I think that if he does play, that there will be a very good chance at winning. But right now I think that there's just a little bit too much quality and a little bit too much 
high pressure experience in that Richmond team to be able to play in their home state at Marvel. Yes, it's not at the MCG, but I think that it's going to be, I, I think it's going to be a little bit of, of home cooking for Richmond being able to play in, in Victoria. I'm going to go with the Tigers in this one. Thank God there's no fans because none of them would go because it's at Marvel Stadium where Demi right. says the fans don't like to go. Sorry, dirty shot exactly. there. I apologize, but I I, I can't not. I, I'm with you on this one. I think Richmond has just got a little too much here. I agree. Um, last time I knew Toby Green's suspension was down to one, but they were going to appeal the decision. Unfortunately, it does not look very strong to be able to get overturned. So I'm going to tip the tags in this one. I think they're just a tiny bit too strong, especially if there's no Toby Green to play. We jump to it. Next game will be the Hawthorne Hawks at Utah Stadium hosting the Western Bulldogs. Do the doggies get themselves back on the right track with a team that's susceptible for a win but can cause an upset here or there? Yeah, I think that this is a Hawthorne team that have been able to cause upsets over the course of the season relatively recently against teams like Collingwood. And then over the course of the season, I mean, let's face it, they beat they beat Sydney and then completely knocked them, knocked them out of their socks. But I think that there's just too much quality in the Bulldogs team right now. I think that they know that they have to get going right now and that they have to start playing consistently well and consistently dominating teams to be able to play at the level you need to be playing at to win a flag. So I'm going to go the dogs here. I am with you on this one. I got the doggies. I think this is kind of a perfect matchup. I think the dogs overall skill and talent, I think will overrun them. And I think they're going to be able to try some things forward wise to see if they can replace Josh Bruce going in to the finals. We jump to it down back down to GMHBA stadium. And we see, can another upset happen as the cats host the saints for me? I, what you said last week is perfect. And I agree with it. The St. Kilda saints are so inconsistent i just don't know if they can back up that magnificent game against the swans with another one i think the cats kind of got reality checked by gw by gws last week i think they're going to come out red hot i'm going to tip the cats in this one i think that they've been consistently over the last couple of weeks getting a bit of a reality check with the with the close matchup against north melbourne and tasmania and then the loss so I, I think that they're going to come out stronger. I think that St. Kilda is actually going to play a little bit better. Uh, I think that they're going to hold their own for a while, but I think in the second half, it's going to start to taper off. So I'm going to go the cats here as well. So we jump over Adelaide oval as the Port Adelaide power hosts the Carlton blues in this one. I have the power because the Carlton blues, I just cannot rely on them. They're, they're like your West coast for me, aren't they? Yeah, (laughs) Carlton's just been so inconsistent, kind of kind of like what we were saying earlier about St. Kilda. And uh, I think that Port are I think that they may have gotten a reality check for themselves last week against against the Crows in the showdown. And I think that for them, for them, they need to keep playing well. And I think that they're still in with a chance of the minor premiership. I mean, as crazy as it sounds to say it, uh, I think that they're still at the point where they can contend for a flag if they get the right matchup and the right right stadium and all that so i'm gonna go with port adelaide at home i think that they're gonna be able to get this one done relatively easily now what's also scary is port adelaide's getting healthy fantasia's back gray's back dersma's back butters is back rosie's playing so that that deadly deadly force of ability is now on this roster so if i'm i'm I'd be a little concerned with Port Adelaide going into these next few rounds. A rather fascinating game for me just because there's still a chance that this could be played at the GABA. Right now, it's still up for grabs on where it's going to be played is the Brisbane Lions supposedly hosting the Collingwood Magpies. Yeah, I'm going to go with Brisbane. I think that they're rounding themselves into form at the right time. Uh, I think that it's going to be really tough for the Collingwood boys wherever this game is played to go up against this Brisbane team who are rounding off at the right time. I'm going to go with the Lions here. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. I got the Lions. Even if this game does somehow find its way in to Victoria, I think Brizzy is, is – I think they kind of got their mojo back a little bit, which I think is good. So I'm going to have the Brisbane Lions with this one as well. We jump to it, a game that I think you and I will be listening to as we head up to Madison, Wisconsin, 4.40 a.m. our time, perfectly timed almost for this, as the North Melbourne Ruse host at Marvel Stadium, our beloved Sydney Swans. Are we going to be watching a win or are we going to be biting our fingernails as we drive, as we make our way to Madison? 
Well, I, I think that if last week showed us anything, it is that anything is possible and that if you keep starting slowly, you're going to end up getting bit in the butt a couple of times. And that's what that's what happened last week. So I, I'm going to I'm going to say it. I said it last week that it's a trap game because this North Melbourne team has been playing pretty well over the course of the last couple of weeks, with the exception of the second half against the Tigers. But I think that Sydney got the a bit of a reality check, like we've said about a couple of these teams. I, I think that it's kind of put things into perspective. But I think, like you said earlier, that they've been able to play really well against teams that they've needed to play well against. Like they, they beat Richmond at the MCG. They put in respectable performances at Port Adelaide, at Melbourne. They've been able to beat the Dogs. They've been able to beat Geelong. So the, the pedigree is there to be able to win big-time games. Now, there has been questions about whether or not Lance Franklin is going to be able to going to play both round 22 and round 23 or whether or not he'll get managed to save him up for finals. So we'll have to wait and see on that. But regardless, I think that there's just too much talent in the Swans team. I think they're going to get the win. I, I'm, I'm with you on this one. I think the Swans bounce back. I think Horace Longmire grabs him by the scruff of their neck, shakes him a little bit, tells him to wake up, start playing better footy. And I think they come out red hot firing in this one. It'll be fascinating to watch that one. Let's jump to the MCG Melbourne v. Adelaide Crows. The same matchup that brought the massive win as the Crows knocked off Melbourne this time. Unfortunately, this one is not in Adelaide. Adelaide is not playing well. No Tex Walker due to a few issues off the field. I don't think we really should be discussing that particular topic. I think it's been talked up way too much, so we won't go there. I have the Demons winning this one, and this one could get ugly. Yeah, I think this is going to be quite a bounce back win for Melbourne. I think that they're going to be looking for a bit of revenge for that last game uh, against Adelaide. So I'm going to go with the Demons here. All right, we jump to it. Another one that is still kind of to be continued. We'll have to see. They want to play it up in Queensland, but we'll only have to we'll have to kind of wait and see on this one. Gold Coast supposedly hosting the Essendon Bombers. Do the Bombers keep themselves in the playoff hunt or do the Suns take another playoff scalp? I'm going to go with the Bombers here. I think that they're playing really well right now. The win against the Bulldogs was big for them. They're they're in the finals hunt right now. And, and let me just say, at this moment, if if these predictions that we both have hold up, I've got the ladder predictor up right now. So if Essendon win this game, they would leapfrog up into seventh, and that would just determine. And it would it would kind of depend on whether or not West Coast win the next game that will tip. But mm-hmm. I, I'm going to go with Essendon here. I think they're going to put themselves firmly into contention for the top eight. I'm with you. I think they take a lot of momentum off this Bulldogs game. And I think I think they come into it spit and fire knowing that one of the two teams that's ahead of them is going to drop. So they're going to be able to jump somebody this week with GWS and Richmond playing each other. I think this is absolutely crucial for Essendon. They have to win this game. I think they pull off the win. We end the round with the lovely Western Derby. Fremantle v West Coast. It's your favorite team to tip, sir. I'm I'm this one's difficult for me because if you'd asked me two weeks ago, I'd be tipping Frio. I'd be tipping Frio all day. But I'm gonna tip West Coast because I think Frio fell apart. And the fact that Brayshaw may not be playing so many injuries. I think West Coast knows they've got to win this one. This is most likely the easiest winnable game if you look on their schedule. I'm gonna tip West Coast. I I, I know I'm taking I'm taking a huge risk with this one, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take the chance of getting burned. I'm gonna sit next to the fire and hope it doesn't jump out at me. I'm gonna take the West Coast Eagles in this one. So the way that we have tipped so far, if Fremantle wins this game, West Coast falls out of the eight into ninth, and Richmond and Essendon both leapfrog them if the eagles win west coast would remain in seventh and essendon would be in eighth with richmond right outside on on different on percentage in ninth place mm-hmm. so th- this is really interesting for me to tip i want frio to win so i'm going to pick west coast because i know if west <laughs> coast if i pick west coast then frio will win so reverse psychologies work a couple times we're going to go i'm going to tip west coast hoping that frio wins Oh, your dedication to that is absolutely inspiring. I absolutely love it, sir. That will end our tips. That will end the main section of our podcast. But as per usual, we've come to it. The most favorite part, the, mo- the my favorite part of this entire podcast, and that is Brad's crazy stat of the week. It's going to be 
really interesting looking at looking at these uh these couple of games and and before I get into the stat I I just want to say that the footy is just absolutely making me go crazy right now and just seeing who's going to end up getting into the eight is just such a such a great time as a footy fan so it's going to be really interesting all right now that I'm now that I'm off of fanboying for these I'm going to hop into my my crazy stat here and I'm going to go to back to baseball because it never ceases to provide with crazy insane stats and this is one that I, I would I kind of would have thought would have happened at some point over the course of the history of baseball, given the fact that they play 162 games a year. It's been going on for more than a century. So the Kansas City Royals became the first team in the modern era to erase a deficit in the seventh, eighth, ninth and tenth innings of the same game. They, they managed to over, overturn deficits in all of those games, and they are able to come out with a win a couple nights ago. How crazy mm-hmm. is that? Insane. That is incredible. The, 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 the fortitude to be able to fight back each time after going down in each of those innings, that is absolutely incredible. Another amazing stat, sir. You continue your perfect record of always bringing us great, great stats, sir. We have come to that point. Unfortunately, we are about to end this show. And as we, as, as Brad kind of said, it's the early part, keep an eye on the social medias, keep an eye on my social media on the Des Moines Roosters. As we are going up for sub regionals up in Madison, Wisconsin, we will be joining the St. Louis blues football club. We will be playing together in a four in a four team section. We will play each team once. Hopefully we can come out with some W's, maybe get ourselves a sub regional championship, which would be absolutely outstanding but keep an eye on that we will be updating you as saturday goes on our first game will be 11 o'clock versus our nemesis the minnesota freeze i cannot wait for that game that'll be absolutely fun how excited are you for the sub-regional tournament brad i'm very 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 excited donnie the the last real big tournament that i got to play in was a couple of years ago in denver and so it's going to be nice to be able to get to see a lot of players that i haven't seen in a while get to reacquaint myself with a couple of friends from Chicago, from Minnesota and from St. Louis that we've, we've gotten to play a couple of times in Kansas city. So it's going to be very fun and getting out and getting up early and going out to Wisconsin, which is always a fun, fun little road trip. It's going to be nice. And Hey, we're going to get to listen to the Swans game in the radio on the car, in the car on the way up. So we'll be able to get ourselves primed and ready to go. Yeah. I cannot wait. It'll be absolutely outstanding. I cannot wait for that. Ladies and gentlemen, excuse me, that will be the end of our podcast. Keep an eye on it. We're getting closer and closer to so many more exciting things. We'll have an action-packed podcast. We have to talk all the domestic football in Europe. I cannot wait for it. Sir, you have yourself a good couple of days. We will see you soon. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of Coach Hess's Sports Corner, and we will see you again next week.